And welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Animaniacast. People are always asking me, how do you keep your act fresh? Practice. This kid's got more talent in his little finger than he has in his big finger. <laughs> but seriously, you've got to keep it fresh. It's tough to do, and like me, you're from Flushing, New York. The tidy ball man was just elected mayor. What do you think of Flushing, New York? I think it's a good idea. And welcome, everybody, once again to the Animaniacast. This, of course, is the podcast that is dedicated to the animated television series Animaniacs, as well as other shows within the Rugerverse, such as Tiny Toon Adventures, Pinky in the Brain, and Freakazoid. And today, we have a very special episode. I am Joey, and joining me once again from somewhere in the Pacific Ocean... It's my brother, Nathan. Hey, aloha, Joey. (laughs) And across the country in Georgia, there's Kelly. Hello. Joining us once again is our friend. It's the creator of Animaniacs himself. It's Mr. Tom Ruger. Where am I? What am I doing here? (laughs) Good question. Uh, the, The bigger question is how the heck did we get this next person on? You guys might know him as an animator or maybe an animation director or perhaps even, oh, I don't know. He was the founder of Star Tunes. That's right. We talk about him quite often over the past seven years on our show. It's Mr. John McClanahan. Wait, wait a minute. You guys have been talking about me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> all good stuff. All good stuff. I promise. I promise. All right. All right. <laughs> well, well, hi. Hi. Hi Welcome. from the old that's right, the Ozarks. He's drawing uh, all the trees. <laughs> yeah, I'm drawing with the trees. Yes. Because <laughs> they haven't invented pencils out here yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much, John, for coming on. I got to give a little bit of a backstory how how this all kind of, kind of tied together. I was uh, our friend Joanna Davidovich, who has been on the show before – you know, old school Animaniacs fan and amazing artist and animator uh, does these live streams on YouTube and uh, all of her other streams. And you get to you get to, you know, request some drawings and talk to some people about cartoons. And wouldn't you know it? John, John was right there in the chat. And of course, I freaked out and uh, <laughs> it was like, get on the show with us. And Joanna, <laughs> Joanna was uh, kind enough to to wrangle. Uh, John in uh, for an interview. She 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 gave us a lot of kind words. So thank you, Joanna, for helping put this all together. And uh, of course, when I told Tom that uh, John McClanahan was coming on the show, he's like, oh, I got to be on here too to talk about this. So <laughs> it's uh, wonderful to have you guys uh, both on uh, to talk about uh, your work with uh, not only animation, but of course, working on Animaniacs, which uh, we love. So um, I think Gosh, I think John. I think we better get started right at the beginning. Uh, how did you? How did you get started in the animation business to begin with? Yeah, good question. It's a long story. I guess we got time. I'll start. I'll, <laughs> I'll talk as fast as I can. The um, yeah. So I always enjoyed drawing as a kid, but I had two older brothers who told me you can't make money drawing. So they they thought, okay, you need to you know, get into something that's going to pay. And, and I took, you know, they're my brothers. So I had to take their advice or they would beat me up. Uh, so we, uh, you know, I, I was doing a lot of different things by 1980. I was already married. I had a couple of kids and I was driving a meat truck and, uh, in, in Chicago. And, um, which is which is where we lived at the time. I I was getting to the, I'm I'm kind of a I'm kind of a tall guy, and I I used to have to carry these uh, a lot of heavy meat products, like, <laughs> you, know, you know, cow legs and 
chuck roasts and stuff. I mean, stuff that weighed like 150 pounds each. And I, I was getting a backache. And my, mom, my, my wife, Christine, said, John, you know, when I married you, I never thought you were going to be a meat man. You can draw. Why don't you do something with that? So, uh, so I guess I have to credit my wife for kicking my butt uh, to get <laughs> out of the meat truck and uh, start. So anyway, I went. I went to. I took some art courses uh, at the local uh, school at American Academy of Art in Chicago, and then um, I was talking to a friend who had lived in Chicago and who had moved to Australia. And uh, he's, and I said, yeah, I think I'm, I'm thinking about getting out of the meat truck business. And uh, he said, why don't you come down to, I'm trying to do an Australian accent. Why don't you come down to Australia and see what we got down here, mate. And so <laughs> I, the long and the short of it is there was a, there was a Hanna-Barbera studio in Sydney, Australia, and uh, I ended up getting a job there. So we ended up moving uh, to Australia, and uh, for the most part, I worked with Hanna-Barbera for the next eight years, uh, 80 through 88, the Reagan years. And I kind of, you know, I went from, uh, you know, uh, an in-betweener to I uh, got a sort of a sideways kick into the uh, animation checking department where I did animation fix-ups for a while. And I, I kind of promoted myself to animator. Um, now, how did you do that? How did you promote yourself? <laughs> um, I, I shouldn't mention the guy's name, but our director. Uh, with at Hanna-Barbera <laughs> in Australia. He used to spend most of the week down at the pub. And, uh, and his style was just to sort of, uh, he did a lot of work on the X sheets and stuff. He would prepare uh, X sheets for the uh, shows. And then he would, uh, you know, when he finished, he'd go down to the pub. And then when a show was ready to look at, the editor had, compiled all the uh all the scenes into into one show he would come and call reshoots and he'd do about half of them himself and then he'd go back to the pub so he wasn't really paying attention and we got a new girl in the office uh named lynette and i kind of sweet talked her i says you know i think i could animate uh i think it'd probably be you know anyway i talked her into it she gave me a, a sequence of uh scenes from the show Laverne and Shirley in the Army. <laughs> oh, God. Embarrassing, but true. Uh, anyway, the bottom line is I, I finished my sequence and uh, turned it in, and nobody said anything. So I asked her to give me some more. And before you know it, I was just on the roster as an animator. That is great. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So, but I, I was, I was motivated. I mean, that's the thing about Australia is normally those guys are just really taking it easy and they're, you know, happy to have a job so they can drink beer on the weekends. <laughs> and I was, you know, as an American, I was motivated. So I wanted to get ahead. And so I, I would, I'd bring a sleeping bag to work sometimes and I wow. just, I'd work so hard because, man, I just, I thought this is so much better than driving a meat truck. <laughs> <laughs> so how did, so then going, I'm just looking at your IMDb page and yeah, I'm seeing quite a few uh, shows that I remember watching as a kid. Uh, of course, there was the Pac-Man series uh, as an animator, the Berenstain Bears uh, and it was, we have to confirm, it was definitely the Berenstain Bears, right? Not the Berenstain Bears? Like, it was the, not the Mandela That's effect? Correct. Okay, good. So there you go. No alternate dimensions going on. Very good. Uh, and <laughs> Teen Wolf is one that I remember watching as a kid. Oh, I remember that one. <laughs> yeah, the oh, Teen Wolf God. show. Uh, that, 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 was, that was the first show I directed. Oh, wow. Yeah. That that I really liked watching that every Saturday morning. I was was that I think that was CBS if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. I uh, yeah, and, and of course Pound Puppies, which uh, I, I'm that was 1987. Were you working on Pound Puppies at that time uh, as well, Tom? 
Yes, and and there were scenes. Uh, we we get the Tom Puppy episodes back from Australia. I was I was a story editor, so I was uh, not not a producer, not calling retakes or anything. But I was noticing every now and then there'd be a shot in the Pound Puppy show that was just like fully animated and and with real style and panache and and uh, like Whopper would suddenly have this big smile and he'd be adorable and he'd be moving better than he ever had. It wasn't just a model sheet, you know, he was just a, a full alive character. And I thought, well, this guy, who's this guy? Who's doing this? Can we get oh, him oh. to do the whole show? And uh, <laughs> so we sent we sent a note to Australia. Said, "Hey, these scenes, the, whoever this animator is, uh, can we have him do the entire show?" And they wrote back, "No, <laughs> you can't do that because he he's busy." Um, but it was John McClanahan. It was John McClanahan. Wow, that's that is so weird. I had no idea that you knew who I was, Tom Ruger. Yep. Uh, before well, I came back. Well, then we found we found you later uh, in an elevator, but we'll we'll talk about that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So pound puppies. Uh, I, I. It's funny. I don't actually remember much about it, Tom. Uh, I am so amazed to know that anybody in Los Angeles was taking notice of the stuff I was doing on pound puppies, but. Um, you know, my, my approach to animation has always been to just make it as appealing as possible, uh, particularly because I tend to miss the model sheet pretty badly all the time. Um, so I so I try to make up for it with, you know, good acting and good action and, you know, fun stuff. And so, like, I, I do remember with Pound Puppies, I thought, man, these model sheets are boring. Uh, <laughs> can't we do something with these and so you know and in australia of course you know in a place where i could promote myself because the director was drunk uh you know, <laughs> it was like okay you know i'll uh i'll just take i'll just take some liberty with the model sheets and apparently they liked it so i was uh, i was happy to hear about that it was at a time, I mean, 87 was at a time when the whole Silver Age thing was starting. And there was a lot of talk amongst animators about, you know, we're going to start doing some cool stuff again. Instead of just Laverne and Shirley in the army, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so there was an excitement building in the industry there in, in Australia, um, we had, you know, we'd, I don't know if, uh, uh, who, who killed Roger rabbit or whatever, you know, uh, who framed Roger rabbit. I don't yeah. know if that film come out yet, uh, in 87 or it came out in 87 or 88. Yeah, I believe but, so. You know, when we saw that and, uh, we were, we were kind of having our own little, renaissance there in australia we were starting to try and pick up our game at hanna-barbera uh much to the uh chagrin of the management because it slowed us down um but you know we it, it was a very exciting time so we were all thinking man maybe we could start making cool cartoons again yeah awesome and then you moved on to is it did you then move on to Kennedy cartoons after Hanna-Barbera? No, um after Hanna-Barbera they shut down in late 87 and so uh I moved back to Chicago cuz I didn't like being on the other side of the planet without a job. So I came back to Chicago. There was a local guy in Chicago I worked for for a year. Nothing really to talk about there. Uh, except but, except, he, except didn't, the, he didn't pay you. That right. Was, that, that, was that was a problem. Yeah. That was a problem. He, <laughs> he, it was like most of the people on the staff were not getting paid on a regular basis. Oh, boy. And when, and when he started not paying me, uh, I just said, look, dude, uh, my, work, 
my wife will kill me if I don't come back with a paycheck. So, um, again, blame the wife, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But but, so, yes. So then I I thought, okay, uh, maybe, maybe I can just do it myself. And I started going around trying to meet some people and get some jobs of my own. And I started star tune so that ah. was it was it was me and the wife every once in a while we'd have an artist who would freelance for us but for the most part it was it was just me and yeah we got we got some regular jobs well then then uh, a friend of mine from australia came to chicago to visit a guy by the name of james baker now james baker a uh, great artist. He had been a a kid in Australia. Came to Hanna Barbera when he was like 16 years old, and uh, everybody was treating him like crap. And so I I, I kind of took him under my wing, and you know tried to encourage him. And he ended up being a great animator, great layout artist, great you know just a great artist, great uh, storyboard artist. In, in the end. But he came and visited me in Chicago, and uh, he stayed with us. And then uh, he says, well, I'm, I'm on to uh, my next destination. I said, where are you going? He said, I'm going up to Toronto. I said, okay, why? What's up there? He says, oh, there's a few studios up there. So it turned out he was going to visit with Glenn Kennedy, who he knew. And, and, but he, he called me. My friend James called me from Toronto when he got up there, and he says, uh, yeah, there's a studio up here who's doing some really cool stuff with warner brothers uh and they need a lot of help because they've got a lot of work and i bet you could get some work and he knew i needed the work Mm. so uh sure enough i got in touch with glenn and he put me in touch with his production manager they started sending me sequences of scenes from tiny tunes that were they were working on and they sent me uh, samples of the stuff that Glenn was doing. It looked interesting. It looked kind of reminiscent of uh, John Chris Felucci sort of stuff. Very, very wild and exaggerated. And when I saw the model sheets that Warner Brothers had sent, I thought, well, he's really going off model here. But, <laughs> But he, but the the thing is, when I would talk to him, I said, "Am I supposed to make my stuff look like the model sheets or like Glenn stuff?" They said, "Make it look like Glenn stuff because uh, we're just throwing the model sheets away. We're we're not going to do it that way." And I said, "I said, isn't there a problem with that?" And they said, "No, no." no. They said, "No, no. We're going to be. We're going to end up doing them all. All the other studios are going to do it like we're doing." Oh, and I said, oh, everyone's going to be kicking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the the famous kicking. I mean, look, here's the deal. Uh, Glenn is a was I thought he was a very talented guy and he had a particular style. Uh, But what I didn't realize was, you know, well, first of all, I realized I wasn't able to draw like him. So I just drew like me. And uh, I I just kind of did stuff my own way and i you know i guess warner's thought it was okay i mean when i would look at my stuff compared with his stuff i thought this stuff doesn't even match (laughs) but but somehow you know that that wasn't that wasn't my decision I, i was just they just told me keep going and i kept going do you remember john do you remember some of the first scenes that you were doing on tiny tunes yeah, I do actually. Yeah, the first the first show we worked on was Buster and the Wolverine. Oh yeah, and I I got a lot of Wolverine scenes. <laughs> and and I think if you look at that one, if if I don't know if you can pick out my scenes on it, I I didn't really have a good handle on uh, Buster or Babs either. Um, but I I thought my Wolverine worked all right. Yeah, the Wolverine. I I checked it out yesterday. He he is ferocious looking, and uh, and a lot of a lot of pencil mileage on that Wolverine. I mean, there are a lot of teeth. I mean, 
not yes. not a not an easy uh, assignment, really. I mean, Buster, no, because he Buster had, he had a lot of stripes, yeah, stripes and stuff on his fur, and uh, yeah, you're right, you're right. And Buster and Babs were like simple, like they were like stick figures compared to the Wolverine, <laughs> who who had all sorts of stuff going on. He had forty teeth, and he was drooling, and he was uh, sticking his tongue. His eyes were popping it, and and uh, he, he was uh, really really alive. Well, uh, I had fun with him, and uh, and uh, so that was the first one. It seems to me like they were going out of order because there was the original one the original episode was called the loony beginning right yes and and we ended up working on that after buster and wolverine so i don't really understand how that worked well it was that was the show that was the episode uh, i think it was like number like 27 or 37 uh, of really? the, of the production and Stephen kept saying, hey, I want to do a, a big, elaborate opening episode where uh, Bugs uh, would uh, introduce it. But then Buster and Babs would be uh, popping out of the frames of the the the, the celluloid of the film. And uh, it was going to be live action. And he kept oh, wow. insisting on this this opening episode that was going to have all this crazy live action and and shots that were physically impossible to make, uh, certainly on a TV budget. And so, rather than make the actual this opening pilot episode, I just kept putting it off because i i didn't want to, <laughs> I didn't want to hire a whole live action movie crew and uh, and and make something that I didn't understand. And so, right. so then it got to desperation time because Stephen kept remembering everything about this episode. Every meeting we'd have, he keeps saying, "Hey, let's do. When are we gonna get going on that thing?" And oh, God. finally, we we uh, said, "All right, we're gonna make it, but it's not gonna have any live action." And he hit the roof. He was so upset and, and mad at me. Um, but <laughs> but uh, you know, we boarded it. And uh, we sent it off to uh, Star Tune. Uh, we sent it off to uh, Glenn Kennedy, and he was uh, getting lots of things done at uh, painting at Cuckoo's Nest, I believe. And so he was uh, he was over there in Taipei a lot. Uh, Glenn Kennedy was, and um, that particular episode, I think you did a lot of work on that. You did the animator, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, the animator that was uh, that was struggling. To, yeah, he was. <laughs> I thought it was funny, you know, this idea that animators were sitting there at their desk drawing things to try and come up with a a series. Because like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've tried that a lot, but nobody ever bought it, you know. So, <laughs> but that with that the the, the uh, model was based on Charlie Bean, one of our uh, artists and uh, animators, and you know who went on to produce things. So. That particular episode, uh, we were so late uh, that we actually, um, you know, we we made it by the skin of our teeth, by the air date. We were okay. still c cutting in retakes the day before it went on the air. Okay. Wow. Well, uh, yeah. Wow. Well, <laughs> yeah. that 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 explains it, I guess. <laughs> but I I think I got to work on most of the ones that that kennedy worked on um and i again i would just you know whatever he would send me i'd work on it and i remember um i remember there was one called high tune um that take off on high noon and there was i remember i did some animation of wiley e. coyote as a, a western outlaw i i saw that on youtube recently it's like people people have made these compilations on YouTube of my stuff, um, which is really cool because it's like all this stuff that I'd forgotten. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but and then when I saw the stuff I did with Why the Coyote, I thought, oh, I did a good job with that. That's good. <laughs> um, well, and you worked, I, on, you worked on a lot of really good episodes, I thought. And you worked on the show after Glenn Kennedy stopped working on the show. Yeah, I had I at some point 
started hearing stories about Glenn was in a fight with Warner Brothers and uh, I, you know, and I, so I, I just thought, oh crap, here comes, that's the end of the work, I suppose. I was working on it and I was hearing rumors that like Glenn had like ditched town or something. He had left or something. I don't know. Yeah, it just, it, it with that pilot thing, it, it really went south because we uh, we were <clears throat> way behind. Yeah. Mm. There, there were two two episodes I remember clearly that I really enjoyed. Uh, one was the Acme Bowl uh, because it portrayed the the tiny students' uh, characters uh, playing football or something against uh, Disney. <laughs> yeah. And except they were what were they called? Well, there was Mickey, uh, the Perfecto Prep. Perfecto, Perfecto and, Prep. And yeah. Mickey Mouse was a guy named Roderick Rat. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they were, they were these guys would they would meet in like these dark, you know, it looks like, like a it coven. Reminded, yeah. yeah, it reminded me of like a night on Bald Mountain sort of thing. Uh <laughs> See, I re- I remember Roderick Rat. I had no idea, like I, I, I being a kid at the time, that that was a, a parody or a commentary of of Disney and of Mickey Mouse and everything. Yeah, and I I and 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 a parody of their approach to animation, which was like it was almost cultic. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was like if and and that's one thing i i have to thank god for is that i've never had to work for disney because uh i i i just knew that if i had to work for them i, I that would be the end of having fun in my life <laughs> well you did do a little bit of darkwing duck right back in 91 you did a like a, a, a i did few episodes. that's when that's when yeah kennedy uh Kennedy went over to Disney and started doing some Darkwing Duck, so he sent me some of that stuff too, and um, and that was that was the point where I thought, you know what, I've got to I've got to get out to Warner Brothers and see if I can't pick up some work from them. Yeah, so you were never completely put in that cult, essentially, <laughs> for that. No, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, That's you know, right. one one of the things that I, I I believe you worked on as well for Tiny Toons that really stood out as one of our favorites is Honey Henny Youngman Days, which of course uh, has mm-hmm. uh, the potty years with Baby Plucky, um, yes. the animation, yes. everything in that episode is just so the 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 Tiny Toons just look so so cute. Their eyes and their there's something about the eyes of Baby Plucky and his like cheeks and his and just the roundness of everything of how you styled him that is just so iconic i think um maybe i don't know if you could speak to that that was the first episode that we got directly contracted from warner brothers and uh yeah it was like a three-part henny youngman day he was going to be the host (laughs) i can tell you a story about henny youngman too but uh, we'll maybe save that for another time. But anyway, uh, <laughs> no, go ahead. Tell us yeah. about Henny Youngman. Tell us Henny Youngman. Well, well, look when when we finished it, it was the first time any studio in uh, Chicago had ever animated and produced a, a, a national TV series cartoon episode. And so I thought we'd have like a big like event to celebrate it. We we're going to screen it. Uh, somewhere and invite all the local people, uh, you know, to try and say, "Hey, look at look at what we did here in Chicago." My secretary, uh, well, secretary slash office manager, actually was able to reach Henny Youngman and <laughs> and she asked him if he would be interested in coming to Chicago to uh, to take part in this event. And and so she and when she called, it's like he didn't have an agent. I guess he just did his own work. You know, he 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 did he made he booked his own gigs and everything. (laughs) And uh, and so he he answered the phone, and uh, yeah, he he wanted like ten grand to do that. (laughs) And and we were like, okay, yeah, okay, honey, 
thanks, but no thanks. Uh, but that was the end of that. I mean, he was still hustling and he, he didn't give up. He was like, he says, look, you could, you could sell tickets. You could make money on this. You know, he's <laughs> uh, like, yeah, well, Henny, Henny would uh, also uh, at the recording session, he would like uh, make sure that uh, there was a, uh, a corned beef sandwich waiting for him. When he got there. <laughs> there are certain things he needed. He needed certain things. He needed like a, a certain kind of a diet soda and a, a, oh what a character. What a great character he was. And great he never, character. he never, uh, he was always on. I mean, sort of like Jonathan Winters, but at the microphone, Henny was just doing jokes. It was endless. <laughs> yeah, he's like a robot. Yeah. He just push the on button and he starts telling jokes. So that was the first uh, half hour episode, national telecast episode of animation done uh, at StarTunes in Chicago. That was the Baby Plucky episode. And, and Pl- Baby Plucky was in that. And uh, what else? There was one uh, about a, a lame joke. Right. And there was and Bab- Babs doing stand-up, I believe. Yeah, stand-up and deliver. Yeah. And uh, and I did I personally did the most work on stand up and deliver. And uh, and then I assigned baby plucky to Spike to do most of the animation. So between Spike and I uh, and Spike, when I say Spike, I'm talking Spike about Brand. Spike. Brand. Yeah. Chris Brandt. So and and that's another story. But um, <clears throat> Spike. Was just a gift from God to Startoons because uh, he was just this local uh, great uh, draftsman, terrific animator, great, you know, easy guy to get along with. And uh, he uh, needed a job at the time when we needed an animator. So he ended up doing most of uh, uh, plucky, uh, you know, the, the, the potty years. And I did, I don't know, I probably did, a, I don't know, maybe a fifth of it. And then he, he probably did uh, three or four fifths of it. And there were a few other animators contributed. But, uh, yeah, and now <laughs> here's some. So apparently Steven Spielberg had made a rule that we were supposed to have a new background for every shot every scene <laughs> do you, do you, did you did you hear that rule yeah yeah it was insane uh, it was insane it, yeah it was insane and i thought what steven doesn't know isn't gonna hurt him right. uh yeah because most of the potty years was done in the bathroom yeah and it was I, like one set yeah it was one set so it was like i don't know i think there might have been in that show there might have been 150 shots and uh, I laid it out, and I thought, to heck with this one background per scene thing. Oh, my golly. Yeah. You know, I think I think we ended up using, I don't know, 30 or 40 backgrounds. But, uh, you know, we reused backgrounds as much as possible. Yeah, there, there was no reason to have even 30 backgrounds. That was really like, you know, sort of a, yeah. five, a five background episode. <laughs> it probably was. Yeah. But, you know, I didn't want to, you know, you don't want to tangle with Steve. Well, here, here, here's a story that uh, we kind of skipped over and we got to go back to it now with John, because so John came out to L.A. He, he Startoons was really Startoons was John McClenahan at that point, but he was right. trying to line up some more work. And so what happened? You came to L.A., John. Yeah, and and we lined up as many meetings as I could, and and uh, I, w- I went out there with uh, another friend of mine from Australia who had come to Chicago to visit, and uh, he thought, yeah, I'd like to see Los Angeles, and then an- another fellow from Chicago who ended up working for me, uh, named Ron Fleischer, and we went around. We took some meetings with uh, prospective uh, studios and. Uh, I met with, you know, Hanna Barbera because they they were still around at the time. I think, uh, even though Bill was getting kind of old, and, and Bill, I had met Bill when we worked for Hanna Barbera in Australia. He would come out to Australia, 
but then I I was really interested in trying to get some some of this tiny tune stuff from more brothers. So their outfit, their operation was in Sherman Oaks, I remember, and uh, we went to Sherman Oaks and we uh, met this guy and met that guy, and everybody was kind of giving us the runaround and kind of being polite and uh, you know you know, don't call us, we'll call you sort of thing. And so I thought, okay, well, go go have our next meeting, Uh, go back to the hotel and get drunk or something. And so we're going down the hotel and and the three of us are in the elevator. Sorry, we're going down the elevator. The three of us are talking and kind of, you know, debriefing on what's been going on. And there's another guy in the elevator that we, we have no idea who he is, but we thought, okay, he's, uh, he's, he's leaving the office too, but we didn't know who he was. And, and all of a sudden, this guy speaks up and he says, hey, so what are you guys doing? And we didn't know. You know I thought, well, what's it to you, buddy? But... <laughs> 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 I said, I said, well, we but we've been trying to meet with some of these uh, guys. We're hoping to hoping to get some work on Tiny Tunes. And he says, well, uh, do you animate? And I said, yeah, I've 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 done some, I've actually done some work on Tiny Tunes, but I've done it through another studio. And he says, what studio? I said, Kennedy Cartoons. And he says, well, well, what scenes did you do? And I said, I don't know. I said, I don't know. Uh, let's see. And then I, I think I rattled off a few. And and he says, well, my name's Tom Ruger, and I'm uh, uh, I'm I'm the producer on this show. He could have knocked me over with a feather because I knew who Tom Ruger was. I knew he was the creator producer of Tiny Tunes. And uh, I just couldn't, I just had never seen his face before. And he said, why don't we come back up to my office? Or I don't know what, what he was doing going downstairs. But anyway, we ended up going right back up and going into his office. And, and uh, the next thing you know, he's arranging uh, a test for me to, to do some, uh, I, I don't know, some closing credit animation. And uh, and that was the beginning of my relationship with uh, Tom, and it was uh, just a wonderful uh, coincidence uh, that uh, that you know we ended up working together quite a bit over the years. So we were so John joined us uh, with his colleagues that he gathered together to form StarTunes. Right with uh, that episode, with the Henny Youngman uh, Day episode and, and Baby Plucky. And uh, and that episode was so beautifully done. Uh, it was a great vindication uh, for both me and John, because when when I sort of insisted that we give Star Tunes uh, an, an episode to do to get them as a part of our, our operation, uh, I was met with some skepticism and they were like, well, you know, the Glenn Kennedy thing didn't work out. And that's where, you know, John was involved in and, uh, you know, uh, there's Chicago. They've never done it before. And I said, yeah, well, that's why we need to do this. Um, <laughs> but they they hit it so far out of the park. People, people were just flabbergasted. They were just amazed. And so at that point, John was uh, sitting uh, in a very good position, and I wanted to give him everything uh, we could give him. And I also, uh, one of the great things about my job was that I get to, I was able to select which episodes went to which studios. Now, I knew we had good things going with uh, Cuckoo's Nest and with TMS, but now we had Star Tunes as well. And so when we had something that needed a lot of personality, a lot of uh, character, a lot of uh, sort of really top quality animation, I, I like uh, Fields of Honey, for instance, uh, went went to Star Tunes. Thirteen uh, did thirteen something go there? Uh, 
but anyway. Yeah, that, that was our next one. Field, uh, and I think Fields of Honey was uh, Kennedy cartoons, but I did work on it. Right. Um, but but yeah, uh, thirteen something was the next episode we did after Henny Youngman Day. And and that's uh, I believe that was one of Stephen's very favorite episodes, if I'm not mistaken. I heard that rumor, and yeah. I was I was really uh, appreciative to hear that. Um, it I I I got that. I got notice about that right after I had I had just seen his movie uh, Hook, right. But um, I don't know if I should say this, but it wasn't my favorite Spielberg film. Uh, <laughs> I love Hook. Is it your favorite Spielberg film, Kelly? What? Is it your favorite though? It's not all my, his films. It's not my okay, favorite. Okay, well, that's exactly what you... That's <laughs> what he said. Afraid. He's not his it's favorite. Not his <laughs> I, I, I get sensitive because so many people knock on Hook, and I just think it's beautiful, and I love the music, and I think it's great. <laughs> that's, that's good, Kelly. That's good. Uh, well, I thought it sucked. <laughs> See, y'all tried to defend him, but he doubled well, down. <laughs> he did double well, down. That is for sure. Yes, that was but, great. Oh my god! Where, uh, <laughs> the, whole, the whole thing is, I remember sending a fax back to Warner's because because they had I don't know I think it was your uh, secretary Kathy. Oh, Kathy Page. Page, yeah. Yeah, she sent us. She said Stephen thought that was their best episode ever. And I said, I, I sent a, a, a fax back. That's how we used to correspond back then. I sent a fax back to uh, them saying, tell uh, Stephen, thank you very much for the kind words, but Hook still sucks. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and Kathy Page did not. Send that through. <laughs> no, she <laughs> didn't. She didn't. No. She? Okay. <laughs> um, also, of course, uh, later on, uh, Star Tunes did uh, "It's a Wonderful Tiny Tunes Christmas Special." Uh, that's another episode that they did. They did. They did great stuff on Tiny Tunes. But then, when Animaniacs finally came along, uh, we wanted uh, Star Tunes to be sort of like a major element of uh, that production. So they were with uh, Animaniacs from, from its inception. Fantastic. Yes. yes. Well, uh, I think, I think talking, I think that is actually a, a really a, a opportune time to, to pause, I guess, our discussion for today, because uh, that was uh, so informative and so much great information right there. Uh, but I think we, I think before we go into the Animaniacs years, uh, with Star Tunes and all the fantastic cartoons that you, uh, you worked on, uh, on, on that show, uh, we could pause for today. But before we do, we have a few, we'll get to a few questions from our listeners. Uh, and maybe Nathan Kelly, if you have any, if you saw any of the, the ones that kind of stood out. Uh, this is one of the patrons on Patreon. Um, I don't know who said this because it didn't say well, who said it, but is it the first one? No, it says, Howdy do, John. Oh, I've got look, one question. I'll look it up for uh, you real quick as you as you're talking. I'll read the know. question. I'll read the question. You okay. tell me who said it afterwards. All right. Okay. How do you do, John? I've got one question. Have you been influenced by Seamus Holhan? Quick sketch exercise or whatever? And how much of that has been used in the footage pumpkin process of drawn animation? Okay, that's, Seamus Hellhane. That's, by the yep. way, is from Paul. I want to make sure that Paul gets a shout out for that great question. Oh, so yeah. there you go. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> okay, Paul. Howdy do. Um, <laughs> so, so here's here's the thing. Seamus Colhane wrote a, a famous uh, how to animate book. I can't remember the title of it. Did he give the title there? He did not. Um, not that I see. He says okay. it might be called or whatever. I think the... I have it here. I'll, I'll go find it. You you guys keep talking. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, yeah, Seamus Colhane. Uh, I had read his book through and through while I was at Hanna-Barbera in Australia. 
uh, he is, of course, is a great animator, uh, but he was really, his book was mainly about the nuts and bolts of, of producing animation. And um, uh, I, remember, I remember one of the things uh, he said, as far as I know, this is a, a great piece of information. He said, when you're recording artist voices, uh, the character voices, to let the actor do do it his way. Don't ever try to make him say it a certain way. You know, it's like he's the actor. Let him do it as he sees fit, because that's what he does for a living. And I always thought that was a great piece of advice. But I will say, yeah, I mean, that, that book by Seamus Culhane had a ton of great information in it. He was, I think he died shortly after I read the book. So I don't know. Uh, he was he was one of the great old men of Disney. And I don't know, I think he worked for Fleischer back in the day. Yes, he did. Yep. Yeah. So so uh, that's all I can say about Seamus Culhane. But he was a great man, great great director, great artist, and a great source of information. Wow, thank you. Did you ever find what that title was there, Tom? No, I found uh, Preston Blair's cartoon animation book, but it's not Seamus's book. I I see two books here, Talking Animals and Other People, and then Animation from Script to Screen by Seamus Culhane. That's the one, Script to Screen. Yeah, okay. That was the one. Well, there you go. Uh, Kelly, I know that a lot of the questions that we got, uh, you know, on, on are dealing a lot with uh, Animaniacs, but there's a few, uh-huh. I think, that deal with just kind of animation in general. Do you have any that you see? Yes, they've been helpfully uh, highlighted in blue for me. Oh, good. So. <laughs> <laughs> good job, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is from um, an email, uh, sincerely from Christian. In a TV animation landscape where the vast majority of American animated shows are still outsourced to Asia or Canada, your former studio still stands as an exception to the rule, an American studio doing the animation itself for American animated TV shows. What do you believe allowed Star Tunes to thrive, even if briefly, in an outsourcing heavy TV animation landscape? And why haven't there been more American animation studios doing animation for American TV cartoons? Yeah, I think those are questions that I was asking myself when I came back to America. I was happy that I had been able to get my start uh, in Australia, but I thought, why isn't this happening in America? So that was that was certainly a question I was asking myself all the time, and uh, and of course, you know, eventually, uh, luckily, uh, through God's blessing, I was able to. Uh, meet with Tom and the rest was history. But I, you know, people have asked me that, uh, you know, how, you know, how did you do it and how can we do it? And it's like, I'm just not sure it could happen again today because I think you have to have somebody advocating for you. And it seems to me like nowadays, everybody who has the power to advocate has been sold on, you know, the formulaic approach of uh, this is how we make cartoons. And it starts by, you know, farming it out to an Asian studio. Now, as far as I know, yeah, we were the first studio to do that. I I don't know. I heard there was another studio in California that, that did a couple of episodes of uh, Tiny Tunes. Is that right, Tom? Uh no, okay. oh 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 uh maybe in Nevada in Nevada uh very early on and it was a disaster. Yeah, I heard it didn't go well. So yeah, they thought- they actually uh, held, uh held an episode hostage because it was it was oh, it, it, the the quality was so low that we said well oh. we have to cut you off but if you'll send us what you have so far uh. Uh, you know, we'll come to terms on that. And they they said, no, we're not sending it. I think I was just well, reading about that episode the other day, Tom. What was that? Because uh, it was really a, a bunch of crazy off-model stuff. I, I, I didn't rewatch the episode, but I did see I know some shots. Concord, I know Concord Condor was involved in one okay. of the episodes. Poor Concord. Uh, <laughs> that was the end of his career. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, look, you know, I, I just thought, and, and here's the deal. I know that, you know, another big consideration is that uh, selling, you know, the, the business aspect of these cartoons now is it's a business model that I don't think is, is actually sustainable. I, it's like maybe 10 years ago, I was working on a, a thing for Nicktoons or something. And I found out that, you know, these episodes that I was working on, I, w- I was just a, like a creative director on that thing, but the animation was being done up in Vancouver. But I found out that, you know, these, these episodes we were creating were costing, I don't know, you know $280,000 an episode. And they were, by selling it to different markets all over the world, like 40 or 50 different countries, they were able to recoup about half of that cost per episode. So it's like, how, how on earth can they make money? And, you know, I was, I was always sensitive to that just from my days as a meat truck driver because it was like, yeah, I had to make a profit somehow. And so I, I thought if these guys, you know, if Warner Brothers, they're not doing this for their own health. They're doing it so they can make money. Uh, so we have to be able to meet their budget. Well, we didn't meet their budget. We were we exceeded their normal budget. Uh, I, I think they were probably paying, I don't know, $300,000 an episode or something to have it done uh, overseas. And we came in uh, a little above that. But in the end, I guess they made the, they made the decision that um, it, it was worth it. I was thankful for that. But, you know, that, well, that was a decision they had to make. But, yeah, go ahead. No, I just want to add that. So John uh, came in, showed up at Warner Brothers one day. Uh, he really was sort of uh, given the bum's rush uh, because the, the powers that be there, they, they knew about, oh, we, we do some work here. Then we send, then at some point we send it to Taipei or to Tokyo or to the Philippines or, and, and then we get the footage back. And that's, that's how we do it here. And so right. the idea of sending it to Chicago, right? Uh, where, by the way, communication with Chicago is a lot clearer uh, <laughs> than than elsewhere. So uh, than with the Ozarks, yeah, than with the Ozarks. <laughs> so uh, uh, they just weren't used to sending things in, in town, and they thought, oh well, it, it, financially it's not going to work out, but. The the difference with Star Tunes is, and 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 I it never occurred to me until this very moment that the name Star Tunes was really appropriate because what Star Tunes offered, unlike all these other places, was that animator that had animated pound puppies down in Australia, you know, <laughs> ten years before. It 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 offered a star animator now. Not every studio has a star animator. And that's part of the answer to the question that's right here is the way another studio could come along and really uh, maybe make an impact would, if, if they would need to have someone with the, the brilliance of, of McClenahan. Uh, you know, he, he really knows how to animate great, fun, beautiful characters. And the team that he gathered together shared that sort of uh, unique and, and brilliant ability to really animate well. And uh, you look at any of their cartoons uh, throughout the, uh, the Tiny Toons Animaniacs uh, episodes, and you see uh, a real special quality. Uh, I don't know if there's it, almost like a, maybe even a, an American sassy quality to it. And mm-hmm. uh, and it really uh, it, it it makes those cartoons really sing. So uh, I would say that cartoons had uh, a star at its head, and it it, it made a huge difference. Absolutely, it's, it's that's 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 great to hear. I, it's funny because when I started the studio, I was going to uh, I was going to call it hot dog animation. 
because <laughs> I, because I can be a bit of a hot dog, but also I really like hot dogs. And, <laughs> and you and, drove a uh, meat truck. And you drove. And a meat I truck. drove a meat truck, you know. Yeah. So I had all the hot dogs I needed, and then, but, but then, um, I I was a little nervous, and my uh, brother's wife, uh, Karen, was a was very good in business, and she's and so I said, hey, I'm thinking about starting a studio, and she says, Well, do you have a business plan? I said, Yeah, my plan is to not go out of business. <laughs> <laughs> and she says well yeah she says you gotta have more than that and i says look i don't i don't have any more than that i just want to animate she says well what are you gonna call it i said i'm gonna call it hot dog animation and she says oh that i don't think that's a good idea she says why don't you name it after my maiden name star you could call it star tunes and so that's that's how StarTunes got its name. I said, okay. Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. And the name there Hot Dog, go. and if any animation studios want to start up with Hot Dog Studio, apparently that is still available uh, as a name. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> and, well, uh, I think that's a great place to, to pause because, you know, I – as as Tom was saying, the, the the sassiness of the animation, the the liveliness of it, it just really does translate. I um, can't wait to to sit down with everybody once again and to really get into uh, talking about Animaniacs. I um, I'm a teacher. I actually uh, just this afternoon just said, you know what, I'm going to put on some Bubby's mom. Uh, and, no, uh, and, uh, Bubby's <laughs> mom. <laughs> The kids. Kelly, you don't like Bumby's mom? No, I actually love Bumby's mom, but it makes me sad. She's she's <laughs> the kids loved, loved, loved that episode. And the sassiness of the just Slappy itself. I mean, gosh, it Star Tunes plus Slappy Squirrel <laughs> is yeah. just is just a perfect, wonderful combination. Um, that's that's a good one. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Slappy was a kindred spirit to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, which should tell you some bad things about me. I guess. <laughs> well, we'll get into all that in a, in an upcoming episode. I can't wait to 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 schedule and get and uh, talk once again about all this stuff. And and uh, thank you so much, John, uh, for coming on with with us. And Tom, thank you again for coming on the show to to. Uh, talk about all this uh, development of the show and everything and all the backstories as, as well, always. Thanks to Joanna Davidovich for recommending and suggesting John for this. Yes. 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 She is. I've never met Joanna, but uh, I've, I've seen her on the, on the web and I'm just amazed uh, at her talent and, um, and what, what a character she is in her own right. And I had no idea that uh, she had been a big fan of uh, our stuff. So, uh, yeah, thanks to Joanna. Yeah, totally. Yeah, she now there. There's an example of, uh, of a star animator that uh, you know would be a reason to hire that company because you want to have that great animator involved. Joanna and I have already made a pact that if there's any any project we can work on together, we're going to do it. Wow. Good. Good. Let's, let's start gathering a budget. Yes. <laughs> Sounds well, good. Uh, that's where that we'll have to wrap it up for today. We're all out of time, but I promise folks we will get back together and talk all about the Animaniacs. And for right now, let's go to get to uh, any contact information or anything like that you might want to plug that might be online. Uh, Nathan, what about you? Where, where are you online? Oh, Joey, I'm on Twitter, of course. Uh, Django FT, that's me. All right. And Kelly, what about you? I'm also on Twitter, Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S. All right, Tom. Oh, I'm on Twitter and, and Facebook and uh, even Instagram. And I, I think if you look my name up, you'll find me. Yes. And uh, hopefully, I, can, I don't think we're allowed to announce anything at this point, but uh, some cons coming up. Hopefully many this year. <laughs> you might be lucky enough to, to, to see Tom Ruger at one of your conventions uh, in your city. So if, oh, if, if you'd like to bug Tom in person, let your, let your local convention know. 
<laughs> and uh, send them on over to the Animaniacast. I'll, I'll let them know how we can make that happen, okay? Animaniacast at gmail.com, by the way. Uh, John, how about you? Any, are you? Do you have an online presence that you would like to plug or anything like that? None whatsoever. There you go. He's the <laughs> smartest man. So if you, if you want to contact me, uh, you're out of luck. Yes, no, uh, he, uh, he can. He can contact us, and then we can, you know, go through the grapevine. Right? Exactly. Yeah, that's fine. There's that's a lot good. of there's a lot of squirrels living around his house, I believe. Uh, although it's hibernation season right now, so maybe they're not. But <clears throat> send a note to a squirrel, and they might eventually get it to John. Uh, yes. Okay. Well, as for the Animaniacast, we're on every podcast player. We're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and other stuff. And uh, hey, Animaniacast.com. You can go to there and see all of our previous episodes where we talk all about these uh, these wonderful Animaniacs episodes that uh, Tom and John worked on together and much, much more. So for Nathan, Kelly, Tom, and John, this is Joey saying... Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. That's edutainment. Hey, it's been fun. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respected trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. Sanctuary! How do you turn her off? I'm still looking for the switch.